On today's episode of iFilmmaker, we set up your camera rig for optimal performance. Welcome to another episode of iFilmmaker. My name is Ariel Martinez, and today we're going to keep it relatively short. Uh, I just wanted to get on here and just talk a little bit about my setup, my hardware setup when I'm on, on set, and why I choose what I choose. Uh, before um, I, I, I get up, you know, before I, I make any purchases and, and, and I set up my, I guess, my my equipment uh, for any upcoming jobs. But before I do that, I want to talk about, real quick, the new red hologram phone that was just released. Now, this is like the definition of confusing and doesn't necessarily have to be in a bad way because uh and i get if you don't know what i'm talking about so red recently announced that they're releasing a smartphone um that has 3d uh vr ar and hologram holographic imagery it's called the red hydrogen it is very confusing in the sense that we have no idea what to expect from this because usually things like this, it's pretty far-fetched from any other manufacturer, but coming from Red is a big deal because Red does make a lot of great products, but more in the high-end filmmaking industry, but this is a smartphone, so we have no idea what to expect here. Um, so we're going to go ahead and take this for what it is at face value. It's apparently a, a holographic phone. I don't think it's going to be a, a lot of people have already placed some pre-orders on this thing. It's pretty interesting. Uh, even though there's only like one or two images out of it, and I'm going to be putting a link to this and an image of it on the show notes at my website at arielmartinez.tv on the podcast page. And you guys can check that out. That's quite interesting the fact that they announced this so that's that's pretty cool i guess so i guess that's the only i guess message that i have for you guys for today announcement uh another announcement actually i'm sorry is that we're still doing that video giveaway the interview video contest that i announced in my previous episode the art of interviewing uh go ahead if you haven't already done so check that episode out and see how you can enter for a chance to win a red, a road. I'm sorry, a road video micro microphone uh, for your camera. Uh, it is our first contest giveaway, and it's pretty cool. There are going to be three winners, and but all the details for that contest you can find it in my previous episode. Remember, the deadline for that is going to be the sixth, the sixth of uh, August, August sixth. So get on that. You don't want to miss out. Uh, and, uh, that's that. So let's go ahead and get right into it. So setting up my camera rig uh, at this point is, it's almost like, uh, it's almost like, uh, uh, a routine for me. You know, I, I, I know what I'm going to shoot and I, and I usually already know how I'm going to shoot it, which is I would say it's not. I mean, it, it's good and bad. It's good in a sense that you're always going to be prepared It's bad in the sense that it's going to get quite boring. Um, 
And when I say boring, I mean that very loose because I like to keep things interesting in my workflow, but at the same time, I don't like to step too far out of bounds in the sense that if my my client's expecting something that I've already done before, I don't want to do something that, you know, might be risking the outcome of the project. So uh, a very typical setup of mine, obviously it depends on the shoot and the style that I'm going for. So quite typically, I'm always going to be using, I always know I'm going to want to use my Odyssey 7Q Plus. Now online, uh, online, you guys always are are constantly asking like, why do I I use a second monitor Uh, or, you know, what's the benefit of using that? And the reason for that is so that I can get a slightly, my FS5 would actually output a higher quality than what it can record internally and in ProRes. So if I want to shoot 4K, which I pretty much always shoot 4K, uh, pretty much always, I would say about 90% of the time I'm shooting 4K, I do want the color depth that I that I get with the Odyssey and the codec and compression that I get uh, from the Odyssey as well. I don't like the codec and compression that I get from the, the FS5, the MXF, uh, 420 10-bit, I mean, 8-bit, you know, as opposed to 10-bit 4K 422 uh, that I can get from the Odyssey. So that's a no-brainer for me. To me, it's a li- just a little bit of extra weight, but I am I am um, okay with that. I, I, I definitely am okay with it. You have seen sometimes I, I used my rods. I put my rods and base plate on the Sony FS5 uh, so that I can make use of of the uh, the follow focus that I have, the, my tilt to follow focus, which is really nice. Uh, but however, oftentimes I find that it's really not necessary for me to do that. And f- in order for me to do that, I have to add the base plate, which provides the 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 folk the the my 15 millimeter rods to attach the follow focus, which is a lot of weight to add. It's literally over a pound of weight to add to my rig, and if quite often I kind of go handheld quite often which is not convenient like I won't last very long like that um running and gunning handheld so that doesn't help me at all now the way I like to shoot is run and gun so I don't ha- I usually don't have time to set up my slider uh you know to to set up my slider shot there because if I'm doing that, that means I'm not grabbing as many shots. If I'm going handheld and running gun, is because I'm going grabbing a lot of B-roll. Um, I'm grabbing I'm grabbing a lot of B-roll for whatever documentary style commercial video that I'm currently creating for my client. Um, and you know, usually I'll go for that handheld look, uh, but that's also going to cause a lot of unstabilized shots. So, which is why, and I, and I've said this before, which is why I like to use my twenty four to one hundred five f four Canon L series lens because it provides, aside from the wide range of uh, a nice wide range of of zoom uh, that I can have from that lens, it also gives me image stabilization right in the lens, which is great for going handheld. So. And that is why I am definitely going to be upgrading that lens to the newer one that just came out, the Mark II version of that lens, which recently came out, which as per all the other reviews 
from it, the image stabilization on that one is much better as well. Another reason I would like to upgrade to that lens is because uh, it actually has a 10 blade iris as opposed to an eight blade iris um, that the current version one has, uh, which provides for better bokeh. So I'm, I'm, uh, that's why I'm kind of interested in, in getting that new lens right there. So I'm just going to basically upgrade it. I'm going to sell my current one and buy the new one. Um, so now when, when running and gunning, you always want to make sure that, you know, you have a, a camera that is, that is, I would say workable, you know, and workable meaning, you know, you can go from point A to point B, set it up real quick, get the shot that you, that you're looking for and keep moving. Now you can do that a wide variety of ways. Now, when I'm running and gunning documentary style, whether it's I'm following a subject to tell a story, I'm either, I either have the camera in my hands or I'm moving around with the monopod. I like monopods because I'm a very tall guy. Shoulder rigs do not work with me because I'm taller than most subjects that I'm going to be following. There was only one time where I was hired to follow a subject that was much taller than I was. And that's, you know, obviously a shoulder. <laughs> I used a monopod at that point as well. Uh, I was hired uh, to follow a seven foot two woman for uh, a short piece that we were doing on her. Uh, that was quite an interesting shoot for me. And so I use a monopod for my stabilization and still get that handheld look. Shoulder rigs, I think they work really well, just not for me because I'm a little bit taller than most of my subjects, as I told you. Uh, tripods are very iffy. They're usually 50-50 for me. Um, if I'm running and gunning following a subject, it might not be the best. But if I'm running and gunning uh, on, on the same location, a tripod might work, actually, to get that nice stable... Uh, that nice static shot, maybe a, maybe an establishing shot right outside it, you know, who knows? And that might actually work for me. So optimizing your rig for, to move the way that you need to move on set is very, very important. When it comes to audio, audio is something that I never take lightly. Like, think about it this way. Your audio is going to be 50% of your video. Um, there's only visuals and then there's audio and it's very important that you capture really, really good audio. Um, so I always determine how many people are going to be talking and then I kind of see what I have to offer in terms of how many labs do I have to work with. If I'm following people around, I'll always prefer to have them labbed up. If it's only going to be one person, I don't usually have the luxury of having a boom operator following me around when I'm following these subjects. And, uh, and so obviously I, I, I cannot have the boom op. I cannot have a boom op booming a, a shotgun microphone over them at all times. Uh, even if I did, I don't even know if I'll take that route just because I don't usually have the luxury also of having the, the, the cooperation of the location that we're in if it's a public location, but that's always a good option to have as a backup or reference audio for whatever reason. So having a, uh, uh, labs and multiple lab sets would definitely be helpful. Um, and my preference is to have a lab on anyone or any important subject that you might be following and capturing audio from. Now my FS five only has two XLR inputs. Whenever I need more audio, 
uh, audio inputs, for example, if I'm following three people, I'm def I'm, I'm at that point I'm gonna have to pull out my my Zoom H6 and um, and have some audio running into the four XLR. I have four XLRs that can go into my Zoom H6, which can actually be extended to six XLR inputs uh, via a, a, a unit that I can attach to my Zoom H6 uh, recorder, audio recorder. And if I need more than that for whatever reason, which I've never needed more than that, I'll go ahead and have two XLRs running into my FS5 and then the six that I can have going into my Zoom H6, and there's that. And that's how I would normally handle my my Zoom. Now, I am very big on monitoring my audio. I definitely don't want to fail on that because as I said, audio is 50% of your video. And if you need to go a little bit further than that, think about it this way. You can forgive bad audio. I mean, I'm sorry, let me, let me start that over again. You can forgive bad video with good audio. But you cannot forgive bad audio with good video. Think about that for a second and you'll see what I'm talking about. I've seen many videos that look great, but the audio is atrocious, rendering the video atrocious. And maybe not atrocious, but just a bad video. It's not good at all. But you could compromise on the video aspect if you have really good audio. So think about it that like that for a second. Also consider that when purchasing new equipment because you might already have a camera but you could use some um some improvement on your audio department. So I would consider that as well. Now, when you're optimizing your rig, it, when you want to have an optimized rig, you want to consider all those aspects like what are you going to be shooting? Where are you going to be shooting it? Uh is it going to be low light? Uh are you going to need lights there? So when it now when it comes to the lighting department that's a completely uh separate issue because depending on how many hands you have on deck are you going to be able to do this and i and i and i've done this and i've done this the hard way uh but and and but i've liked my my final uh outcome i've had to have my led lights and in my case i'm using my amaran led lights that are battery powered they can also be ac powered but i always like to have battery powered lights for this specific reason i'm moving around i'm getting interviews left and right i'm running and gunning and uh it i would be so slowed down if my lights are only ac powered because wherever i move my lights i have to make sure that there is an available outlet in the vicinity uh, so <clears throat> having my LED, my battery powered LED lights to move around with, um, is always a plus. It's always a plus because I can move around. I just, I have the ca my camera in one hand, my camera rig. I lock up my camera, hold it over my shoulder and I grab my lights and I just move as I need to move. And it allows me to put my lights wherever I need to put them, however I need to put them without a problem. Just always make sure that you have your, your batteries charged uh, before the shoot, uh, I I still make that mistake. Today, I underestimate how I have the battery, uh, how how much battery uh, I have charged uh, in in my kit, and uh, I've I've had the mistake of where my batteries just run out on set, and therefore I have to pull out my AC cables. Always have your AC cables, anyways, just in case you don't want to be left without any lights in the middle of your shoot. So there, there's for my camera, there's for 
the audio in there are for the lights. Uh, when If you want to get a little bit more elaborate, I'm not huge, I would say, on the narrative aspect of these. Uh, I'm not huge on the narrative, narrative aspects of your camera rig. Um, but I can't imagine it'd be too much. To, it'd be too different. For example, like for narratives, and even even for documentary work, for me, I like to still you pop out my slider every now and then. It does make my rig much heavier, but it's okay. It's okay if it's necessary. If I really feel that I'm going to be using that that feature a lot, I'll definitely have it, and I have it set up because I have my Rhino rig. I'm sorry, my no, my Rhino slider. I have my Rhino slider, and I. What I, what I do is I uh, I can attach my slider directly. I can remove the head of my tripod, which I have enduro legs and a Manfrotto head. A lot of people ask me all the time. My tripod, my main tripod consists of enduro legs, which are actually discontinued right now. I think I could, like they were they went discontinued like two days after I bought them, which I love them so much. I don't know why they would stop making them. Maybe they have a better version of them i haven't even researched that so i bought the legs separate and then i bought the manfrotto uh the manfrotto head which is pretty heavy duty uh more than enough for my camera and i'm able to take off the head attach my slider then attach the head on top of that therefore i can just attach my camera uh effortlessly with my manfrotto release plate and i can put that on anywhere else on my monopod as well which is manfrotto by the way um and i can just attach my camera and just move around just like that make sure that everything is locked down my sliders locked my my pan and tilt motions on my tripe on the the tripod head is locked and i can just move around with the camera and uh on my shoulder and move around in that manner um and that that's pretty much it now i'm ready to go and get any slider shots i want a lot of people ask me doesn't that not make the 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 tripod the the slider bend when the camera rig is at the at the end of the at the end of the slider and the answer is no it, it doesn't make it bend that's a very very strong tripod head um it's a very very strong slider the carbon fiber slider from rhino they're fantastic fantastic really really light and really really strong uh, even when I was shooting on the Red Dragon, it w- I would have the same exact setup. It's a much heavier rig. The camera alone is the the body alone is five pounds, so it's a very heavy camera. When everything was rigged up, it it still wouldn't bend. Um, so <clears throat> I don't know where that comes from. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I it's a very simple running gun slider option to have. So that's what I always choose to have. I do there people do choose the option of having two light stands at the ends of the slider. My my slider is a 24 inch. Uh, I do have a 48 inch, but I barely use it. It's a metal one. It's an aluminum slider, 48 inch aluminum slider from Rhino that I can just swap out the rails and um it's much heavier, meant for a much heavier camera, but when I use that, I have to use the light stands at the end. I cannot use it on the tripod like I was doing the first one. That is def- that at that point it gets too heavy for sure, but that's on the slider's end. But anyways, back to my optimized rig. Um so all in all, I always try to choose accessories that allow me to shoot run and gun as I always do. Um and even if I'm not running and gunning, by by practicing the art of running and gunning, you're you're gonna 
enable yourself to be able to handle any other situation. So if you have more time to spare, you're just going to be perfecting your shots. That's pretty much all you're going to do. Um, you're going to be so used to running and gunning that when the time comes and you don't have to run and gun this day, if you properly plan each and every shot, which I love to do, by the way, I love it when I'm able to just write down and have on paper a shot list and I have the time to do it. I have all day to, to, to get set up and get all these shots. It, it, it just so, it is so convenient. And at the end of the day, you're going to get all your shots so fast. You're going to go ahead and continue getting shots and you're going to be so comfortable and you're going to walk going into post-production is just going to be a breeze for you. Um, so that is that is seriously, seriously helpful. And uh, it's what allows me to work the way that I do. So that is all that I have for you guys today. I do want to make a quick announcement. I am very pleased to announce that I have submitted my short film. It's a short documentary film on my friend Steven. Um, he's a quadriplegic. I've released the film. As I mentioned to you guys, I was, it was a film that I was trying to get done by the end of June. I did get it done. I was finalizing it. I was getting some feedbacks from some friends of mine, put some finishing touches, and I have finally submitted them to a few festivals. I will be submitting them to a few more, submitting it to a few more festivals. And, uh, I'm trying to see, again, I'm new to this. I'm trying to see, this is actually the first film that uh, I, I submit to any film festival, so I'm very excited about it. Um, I'm trying to see if if it's okay to release it on my Vimeo account for you guys to see, and it won't jeopardize the outcome of the film festival. I'm This is, this is the part where I'm not very knowledgeable, and I'll be transparent about that with you guys. I'm ask, I'm actually asking my friends. I know that some film festivals, they don't allow you to have it released anywhere until the it is uh, showcased at the festival. Uh, but the, the festivals that I actually chose are not like huge, huge festivals. Um, remember, this is my <laughs> very first film that, that I released to any festival, really. Up until now, I've been doing a lot of commercial work. And this is my first passion project that I'm... I'm comfortable enough, I guess, <laughs> in my sense of the word, to release it to film festivals and see, I guess, the outcome, to see, to get some feedback from real professionals in the film industry and to see what's going on there. Uh, so this is my first step in that direction, and I'm very excited uh, that I was able to take that step and 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 make that, that small leap, I guess, into this world of uh, filmmaking. So I'm, I'm looking into that. Uh, the name of the film, by the way, is called Pivot. And it's basically, uh, it's how my friend Steven Ruiz has uh, <clears throat> changed his life. Like his life changed two years ago. He was involved in a car accident and he was left, um, and he was left a quadriplegic. And he's basically had to pivot his life into a different direction and find a different way for his happiness and, and, and basically see what life has been telling him. And, um, and you know, pay attention to the, 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 the outcome of what life is giving him, you know, pay attention to the options that life is giving him and he's going to have to make some decisions. Does he sit and, and just accept everything and just be sulking his entire life or does he, does he move forward or does he, you know, make, uh, you know, if life gives you lemon, make li uh, lemonade, you know, that kind of deal. So it, it, it's really, um, I guess, you know, to me, it was a passion project and I, I think that I hope that you guys enjoy it. Again, I'm going to try and release it and I'll let you know as soon as I am able to do so.
just a reminder we are still doing this uh the the video contest we're giving away three road video micros courtesy of road thank you very much road big shout out to you guys um watch the first uh my previous episode number 32 about the art of filmmaking i'm, I'm sorry the art of interviewing and see the details of this video contest i think you guys will find it very helpful uh it's an incentive for you guys to go out there and just practice uh exactly what we talk about on that episode on on interviewing people because again at some point in your career you're going to be interviewing someone at some point because businesses just usually require that so uh i highly encourage you for you guys to participate in this and and really it's for the practice of it this is how i learned just practice do it uh interview someone and 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 try to put those key points that i talk about in that episode to practice and i want to see how you guys do that so go ahead uh, i hope you guys enjoy that and one thing that i did not mention however i did put it in the show notes of that episode um i mentioned that you know have two cameras doesn't matter if it's an iphone or not so i can see both sides of the interview it's okay to have one camera and just shoot both sides that's okay i just want to see the interviewer uh i want to be able to see the interviewer and how he conducts the interview so anyways i uh, hope you guys enjoyed this one it was a very short one but it, you know anything i think it's helpful i i wish somebody would be talking to me like I, I, i'm talking to you guys very fluid very loose uh really just uh you know just pick up and go kind of deal with uh the information but anyways, I, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I will be back here on Monday and we will be talking about some more film goodies. Uh, with that being said, I will see you on the next one. See ya.